We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Five Reason Sports Network, Miami Sports On Demand. We now have 15 podcasts in the network covering every professional sports team in South Florida and much more, all absolutely free. Find all of our shows on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Podbean. If you just can't get enough, become a member of our patron feed and you'll get even more exclusive content. Here's a sneak peek of what you'll hear on the upcoming episode of our newest show, The Chamber Podcast. We're now joined by Dr. Peter Marciante. There's a local sports team down here hampered by injuries right now. If a team is ravaged by injuries, how much do you put of that into the training staff and the physical therapist? Unfortunately, I put a lot on it. Now what they've done is they've they've blocked out all external doctors to have total control, and I'm not sure it's working that well but there needs to be a little bit more freedom and guys need to be also take charge in, in their own health care they can't just go to a team who's trying to manage 100 players if you're interested in advertising your business on any of our podcasts reach out to us at number five reason sports on twitter to stay up to date with all of our shows enter five reasons in your search bar and then hit subscribe Welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Carla Navas. And with me today, we have our producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Hello. We have our Heat Twitter president, Alf. What's up? Alf, what are you drinking? Tell the people. Taco Bell Sprite and vodka. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to say what kind of Sprite, because McDonald's Sprite tastes better. It does? I didn't know that. It's true. McDonald's soda tastes better. Until they put that fucking freestyle machine. You guys tried that? No. Yeah, it's horrible. Like yeah, they have like 300 different kinds of soda, and they all suck. 
<laughs> I'm not a fan. That laugh you hear is our good friend from the chase down from Fear of the Sword, the president of Cavs Twitter. Can I call you the president of Cavs Twitter? Leader of Cavs Twitter? I'm not really a leader. I, I'm pro-anarchy, and uh, I don't want the responsibility, but uh, I, I appreciate the praise, at least. Okay, so... so That's the, just uh, like me. Yeah. <laughs> but you're stuck with it. You were elected. Ugh. Uh, Alf, Alf was elected. No, not you, Justin. That's oh, okay. Justin Rowan, by the way, at Cavzada. Check him out. I'm sure that you're all familiar with his work. Friend of the show. Okay, so the reason why Justin's I don't think on... he said that right. Justin... That's not how you say it. Cavzada? No, it's Cavsanada, like Canada. Cavsanada. Cavsanada. Yeah. It, it, it looks way better in writing than it does out loud. It's, it, no, it was I, one of those things where I think I like held a Twitter poll for what it should be or like open to suggestions, and then that was kind of the overwhelming one. Like, were Twitter polls I, around back then? Well, no, it, it wasn't actually the poll function. It was, hey, I want suggestions for what my handle should be. Someone said that the response was overwhelmingly positive. This was back in 2013, so overwhelmingly <laughs> positive for that point was probably like 12 people, but uh, <laughs> now I'm stuck with it. 2013 was a time. People don't remember 2013 NBA Twitter. <laughs> Those, those jokes reign supreme, bro. Those are the days. Everybody takes themselves way too seriously. We had fun back then. Yeah, we did. We got, we would we would all gotten banned uh, <laughs> in today's Twitter. In this snowflake society, Twitter. Oh yeah, Can- canceled within five minutes. The things I said to Michelle Beadle. Oh my god. <laughs> she was a public enemy number one of heat. Like Alf, that's something I kind of miss. That he fans don't have anybody to be angry at anymore. We're no, just we angry just at we each yell, other. We yell at each other. Like I used to hit on Michelle Beadle while cussing her out at the same time. That's that's how I met with my wife. So uh, I can't say that's a terrible strategy. But I mean, if you guys wanted to have an enemy and you were honest with yourselves, it'd be Pat Riley. But that's a that's a story for another oh, day. Oh wow! Wait, an enemy or an enema? <laughs> what whatever you want, man. That opening segment, of course, is brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can check us out on the network at Five Reasons Sports on Twitter and Instagram. The website is coming, so make sure to stay tuned for FiveReasonsSports.com, where you can find all our stuff in addition to Heat Beat and the Heat Maven website. So keep uh, keeping a lookout for all our stuff. April first. April first. I didn't know the exact date. It kind of it kind of April shifts Fools. around. April Fools. Early <laughs> April. Early April. Uh, so check that out. We got Nikias is dropping a story uh, day one. Uh, Christian is dropping some stories. Alf, uh, no, no, Leif is not you, Alf. Uh, and I'm going to be dropping a story on Hassan Whiteside. Got to talk to him the other day. So I'm doing, check. I'm doing a story the first week. Oh, you I'm are at column. Yeah. There you go. So we got, we got lots of stuff going on. on Chris, from Li- Chris from Light Skin Opinions is writing a column. That. So we're all Ethan's all set with content for the week, and you you're can gonna, check that out. G, you're gonna love it. It's gonna shit all over white people. You're gonna. Yes, love it. my favorite pastime. <laughs> um, okay, so getting back on topic here, the reason why Justin's on this podcast is because we are celebrating the I was right. So, uh, Justin, Alf, and I, um, along with a redacted member of Miami Heapy, did a podcast with Justin. Uh, on his podcast at Chase Down, Carter was not there. And what we did was we basically slandered LeBron and the Lakers. And a lot of what we said came true. Now, a lot of us were low on the move because uh, we were jealous and because we didn't really like the construction of the team. Um, I know that. And and it's been great to watch on Twitter. Like all our, you know, um, uh, Justin, what's our, what's our guy's name? The Laker fan? Uh, Rye. Rye Cole. Rye Cole um, made a thread following the podcast right and he was making mm-hmm. fun of us uh, which I, I mean to be honest i i appreciate it it, it, oh, it was great uh, exposure 
it, it's great exposure and honestly that to me that's getting back to what fandom should be like let's let's have fun let's make fun of each other and, and it never really got mean spirit it was just kind of a well we'll wait and see and we did wait and see and we saw and it was exactly what we said i i mean there's very very few misses uh in that thread which is just fantastic to me part well, of it was we that, that thread immortalized that podcast because honestly like i forget the podcast 15 minutes after i get off the phone um <laughs> but like that that thread somebody retweeted and i was like oh man like we were right as shit so every time <laughs> And it became so much fun. Every time the Lakers lost, I would quote tweet him and be like, what's going on now? Like, what's up now? Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure he has me muted. He hasn't blocked me yet, but that just Ry Cole guy has me muted. He has to have. He has that thread muted. He's a good sport about it, though. So we're having, he was supposed to come on today, but he couldn't make it. Um, so he's a good sport about it. He's a cool dude. But we got we got a we got a revel in our victory. And Brian, I know that we got some we got some sounds from the show. So let's kind of go through each of them and kind of let's see how right we were. We can't wait to see how bad the Lakers are going to be. The Lakers are not going to make the playoffs. I'm saying it here. They are going to they are going to be a nine seed. They're just going to miss it. They're not going to have enough. I'm here. I'm on record. I'm on the chase down on a big time podcast saying it. The Lakers <laughs> are not going to make the playoffs. LeBron James will be booed off the Staples Center to court at least twice this year. <laughs> I mean, it's been close, hasn't it? I feel like it's been the over. <laughs> I, feel like we've... I, I feel like being silent when he passes Michael Jordan is worse yes. than booing him twice. I, I feel I feel like the conversion rate is at least five boo sessions. The, uh, the, the fact that they gave a golf clap to him passing Michael Jordan <laughs> on the all-time scoring list, yeah, that's worse than getting booed off the, off the uh, court. At least when they boo, they care. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. They it's, even give way, a shit. it's much, much better to be booed or like cheered or booed. Uh, apathy. And that's, the, that's kind of the story of this season for the Lakers. It's been apathy. It, it, they're just so irrelevant. The only reason they're irrelevant is because LeBron shouldn't be irrelevant. And the Lakers, I guess, in theory, shouldn't be irrelevant because they are a big market. But no, nah, man, uh, injuries. It's all injuries. That's the all problem. Injuries. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the like I called them a nine seed. I have they're at eleven right now. Nine games under five hundred under the Timberwolves and the damn Sacramento Kings, and they're only two games up from New Orleans. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I mean, the funniest you, thing you were to generous me, after I was generous. After eight straight finals, this is actually the year that the Eastern Conference beat LeBron James. Because uh, you look at the Lakers' record versus the West with LeBron, they're 18 and 14. With LeBron against the East, they're 8 and 13 and 10 and 18 overall. They, they'd Ouch. essentially be in a playoff hunt still if they only played against the Western Conference. And to me, that that's hilarious. I mean, I think the season for him and like everything was capstoned by. Mario Hazonia blocking him. And then the picture. I'm sure that you're all aware of the picture of LeBron on one knee, like hand to like his head, like like Tim Tebow. <laughs> and Mario Hazonia, like kind of it, it's like a it's like a shallow depth of field shot. So like Mario Hazonia's in the background blurred, pointing and laughing. I really what? wish that happened after the block, but it, it's it still is just one of my favorite stills. That, it's a yeah. gr- it's an all time great sports picture, along with the Ali knockout and the uh Wade LeBron lob. <laughs> Like, for well, me, it's, I, it's there. I think Justin's been making a lot of good points on Twitter um, <laughs> that 
it, this just shows you that you just can't plug LeBron into any situation, and all of a sudden they're going to make the playoffs or they're right. going to they're going to make the finals. Um, and it, it it's given us all appreciation. And you see it in the national media more and more of what Miami and also, sorry, Justin, to a lesser extent, what Cleveland did. But no, I mean, the, the 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 props that they've given Cleveland haven't. They, they actually Cleveland probably deserves more than what they've actually gotten uh, from the national media. But you see a, a deeper appreciation of what was put around LeBron in the past, where teams knew you have to surround LeBron with shooters. Um, mm-hmm. You can't give him a bunch of knuckleheads like Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, uh, Rajon Rondo. I mean, who else? Uh, JaVale yeah. McGee. Yeah, you can't give him those. I mean, they took pictures of those assholes. Like, it was going to be a great bench. Like, it, that, was, that was the one that boggled my mind. Like, look at all this backup he's got. Like, what, every other team's cast-offs? Like, Michael Be like, Nobody gets excited about Michael Beasley ever. Except we get excited for Michael Beasley. Well, it, except for Heat fans. Mm-hmm. The and national media was Trump. like, what a bench. <laughs> Palinka went full Trump with it, too. And he's like, many people are saying we have the deepest bench there is. And I think Tom Haberstow, <laughs> he had a great stat. Like, part of what we were saying at the start of the year, too, was, okay, LeBron's been in the league 16 seasons. He's going to start breaking down. And to them, they thought that the way to preserve, I'm sure the minutes were down, but he was playing near the most possessions per game of his entire career. So, in a shorter span of time, you're going to be running up and down the floor more and more. You're going to be defending big men. And when we are in the half court, there's going to be no space and the lane's <laughs> going to be clogged and you're going to have to work harder than you have before. Of course he suffered an injury. And we've also seen, apparently, the Lakers barely have anyone on their training staff and the guys they have are as inexperienced as Magic and Palinka are in the front office. I mean, it's, it's been a failure on multiple levels for the Lakers, uh, and LeBron isn't blameless in this, but it's, I, I just don't understand how they thought the roster as is and the organization as is was going to be successful this season. And well, that's not the shooting coach. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yet another example. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's, it's, people talk about the injuries. LeBron missed, what, 20 games, 22 games, something like yeah. that. And they're like, Oh, yeah, it was just the injuries. But Cleveland went through it. Miami went through it. Miami missed a lot of key guys at different times. And what our point was, the, the the roster that was surrounding him could not sustain 20 games without LeBron. It right. wasn't – there was no Kyrie Irving there. There was no Kevin Love. Like, you're, you're not going to tell me Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball are going to make up for the loss of LeBron James for two weeks because it happened every year in Cleveland. And they still – and at least they treaded water. I mean, <laughs> these guys just went completely into the tank. Yeah, I mean, LeBron took a month and a half off last year for the Cavs. Sure, he played 82 games, but we know him being on the court doesn't necessarily mean that he's playing. <laughs> and the Cavs responded by flipping half their roster. And it's just baffling to me because even though I didn't agree with the strategy of not trading the young guys, I can see the temptation to to see, okay, let's see what these guys are. Let's see if their trade value is going to elevate playing alongside LeBron. But the signings that they made didn't show a faith in their young guys. They signed guys that do a crappier version of what the young guys do. <laughs> like it, Rondo is a, a homeless man's uh, ball, and it just goes down. Uh, Michael Beasley's Kyle Kuzma on crack. Like... <laughs> Like, honestly, if you actually trusted, 
if you wanted to build around the young guys, actually KCP is a fine signing because he can at least in theory shoot. But if you <laughs> want to build around those guys, you would have LeBron and the young guys being the only guys handling the ball and you'd have floor spacers and guys that fit around them. But instead they just got more guys that can't shoot and need the ball in their hands. They, so they a- didn't have, they didn't have faith in the young guys yeah. and, a bunch of Wayne Ellingtons. They want. They need Wayne Ellingtons and James Joneses out there. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Brian. This, this was not the plan, but now it's too late to go back. Almost. They were trying to parlay that there was some basketball reason for it that they wanted LeBron to play in the post. Okay, when you put LeBron in the post, you got to put shooters around him, right? They have no shooters. Got Rondo none. in the corner. Rondo in the oh, corner. Yeah, yeah Rondo on the break. We want uh, LeBron clogging up the paint and Rondo posting up in the corner. That's exactly what we want. So I, I just I don't think I think there was a plan. The plan fell through, and what's going on right now is just total, uh, just a total shitstorm. I, I know like the reports are saying that uh, that he's signed off on all these moves. Like they they have an idea of how they want him to play, and this is all part of the plan. Are we all calling bullshit on that? Because I am. Is it plan a nine seed? Plans of eleven seed. Um, <laughs> so, something. I'm something like a. That, fu- I'm like a fucking prophet, dude. I'm, like, I'm, I'm like telling a you, dude. We were so flagrantly right. It's so. <laughs> it feels so it just, good. Like honestly, everyone went basketball fucking dumb for a summer, and then like they were like the fourth seed for a while. They beat Golden State in, on Christmas. But I, I want to talk about that fourth seed because I see people throw that out a lot, and I don't think people really take into context what the hell was happening. So at the time. The Lakers went through like a really good two, three weeks in which they were playing at a pace that was totally unsustainable because that was the only way to get them quality shots because they, they have no shooter. So what they have to do is run to which Justin's point, you're playing a ton of possessions if you're LeBron and you're playing faster than he ever has before. Mm-hmm. And at that like, time, at that time, I don't even think Golden State or Houston was in the playoffs or they were low seeds. No, Golden, State, State, was. Golden Houston, State was. Houston, yeah, Houston, Houston was, was lower. Low. But the, the more important point is there was about a game separating four and eight <laughs> as there is now. I mean, with every single game, you just see, okay, see, we'll go from fourth to seventh or to eight. Like, there, there's so much jumping around there. The, the other thing is going into the Christmas game, the Lakers had the 17th ranked offense in the NBA. And the Lakers got what? every LeBron team gets, which is a backloaded schedule because they want to capitalize on those um, big national TV games after the football season is over. So they had the easiest portion of their schedule. They had an unsustainable streak where their defense was playing great, despite not having a lot of good defenders. And their offense was below average even before natural regression came in or the schedule got harder. Like there was going to be a regression and sure, if LeBron plays 82 games, they probably squeak into the playoffs or they're at least still fighting for it. Um, but this team, it, it was poorly constructed. There was fool's gold at the beginning of the season. It's great that you picked up Tyson Chandler and he turned your season around for three weeks. Um, but as we saw, that's not going to last. If that was your big move, if that was the big uh, star acquisition at the center position, uh, you're going to miss the damn playoff. It, let me, but... And and that's the thing with them, like they they caught like like they catch like small lightnings in a bottle, and then the the, the fan base or like other people try to make that they want to stretch that out into any kind of representative sample. Which if you were, I mean, listen, I'm not gonna lie, I was really obsessed with them losing, so I was watching them a lot, and just anything that any kind of 
prolonged success just did not look sustainable. It's like Heat fans watching Goran like go nuts for four games. We all know that's not sustainable. We're not trying to convince ourselves that Goran Dragic is going to be an, like a 55% three-point shooter up until the playoffs. Like we're not <laughs> stupid, right? Like, you know, but but I think and this is something that I know you guys have seen me in the group chats talk about, and I lose my mind. It's the way that we cover the NBA season now. It's like we cover it like it's NFL, or we cover it like it's we college really football. Like, the Detroit Pistons <laughs> were like the second seed, like, like through like eight weeks of the NBA. Like, it doesn't, like, we have to realize how the ebbs and flows of these seasons. Like, a 13, a 10 game win streak springboards you from like number 10 to number five or a nine game losing streak drops you right out of the playoff picture. But we do these things like we see the Lakers beat the Warriors on Christmas day and we lose our collective shit. Right. <laughs> but the, when the heat are, are not a very good heat team beat the, uh, the breaks off of the Cavs on Christmas day behind the heroics of Danny Granger a few years ago. Like, <laughs> it, I mean, do, did we say the same thing? Oh, the heater are world beaters now. No, it's, well, I, I don't, I don't remember what the conversation was after that game. Cause I had drink, drank myself to oblivion. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were just yelling all sorts of profanities. What a time. We all no, We were honestly just apologizing to Danny Granger because <laughs> we were just saying we were calling him Grangina and we were, we were calling him all kinds of terrible names. What was all, wrong all. with he Twitter back then? <laughs> First of all, we hated Danny Granger. And then Danny Granger was on our team and we had to reluctantly root for him. And he sucked. But then he came out on Christmas Day and hit like 35 threes. And it was legend, amazing. dude. Legend. And and at that point, LeBron was leaking out that he was ready to to go back to Miami and talking. Like that. that's the funniest thing to me is people will buy into LeBron's narrative building if it fits with what they want to believe. Um, like him coming back to Cleveland, it took him like two weeks before he was threatening to leave. He wasn't going to be patient there. It's because he legitimately thought that they could build a contender. He wasn't going to go there if a trade wasn't lined up for Kevin Love. He wasn't going to go there if Kyrie sucked. Um, and, and they went out and they traded for an entire supporting cast with Mozgov, JR, and uh, Shumper. The Lakers didn't do that, and look how well it turned out. Brother. Man, Justin, I'm you guys are hitting all the notes of all the clips, and you guys don't even know it. Brian, play it. <laughs> And I, I don't know if Luke Walton is the guy to hold it all together when he was drafted in the same year as LeBron. Ooh. <laughs> That's a good point. I, I no, think it was I, actually I like Paul Pierce. I think it was though. Paul Pierce that actually had a funny comment for once. But he's like, how is LeBron <laughs> going to look Luke Walton in the eye when he's like, I average 40 points per game on your ass? Yeah. <laughs> Alex didn't cut that clip right. Our professional screw-up, Alex Salida, was supposed to cut the part where LeBron said, I'm not going to be patient. That Justin was saying LeBron's not going to be patient if Josh Hart starts missing threes in the corner and if Luke Walden's going to be the guy to hold it together. Of course, Alex didn't cut the clip right. I love you, Alex. Shout out to Tropical Blanket. <laughs> That's not actually what I said, but I appreciate you. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love that. I love that uh, people were touting Josh Hart coming into the season. I, I, I mean, they were, I, dude. I like him. It, it, the, the thing is, like, the young guys actually weren't terrible this year. But if you put a Ingram better Ingram was not cast, good prior to the trade deadline. Co- correct. He he was better after, basically after Lonzo he Ball was legit went out, which, which was a big part of it. Because, he was legit unplayable when he did not have the ball in his hand. Right, right. And he played better down the stretch to his credit. But these guys, they're, they were too young to be banking on. Josh Hart's a nice 
kind of three and D guy. He he played great in summer league, um, but. To, to actually bank on him to be like, oh, he's going to be our Bradley Beal. Uh, we, we can't trade him. Uh, he, he's part of our future. This, this is a core piece. None of these guys are core pieces. Some of them may, might might have like one to two, maybe three all-star games in their future if they absolutely max out. But that's a really rare occurrence. And with LeBron, if you're signing him and you're trying to make a legitimate run, you have to get more sure things in place, or at the very least, pieces that make sense. Everybody, could, everybody could see that these pieces don't fit together, and they spent the entire season trying to uh, shove a square peg into a round hole. It was like Justin. I think that's the best way to put it. That they, they were trying to shove the the what, what was the expression? A square peg into a round hole. I'm sorry, I was looking at the Syracuse women's basketball score. They're down by six. Another clip. I don't think he did a great job this year, but I think he did a great job in 2016. And even in 2017, I think the 2017 team was a, a better team than 2016, to be honest. But, I mean, that's, I agree. that's a story. For Th- a I mean, that offense, was, that offense was so good that year. It, it was oh. ridiculous. It was historically good. And uh, I think Zach Lowe even has a, the same opinion. But, anyways, we were, we're kind of digressing a what little bit it? here. What does Zach Lowe know that I don't know? Alf, you sound so drunk saying that. <laughs> I probably was. Like you, <laughs> like I legit don't remember saying what does Zach Lowe know that I don't know. I remember when that thread <laughs> happened. You were Cause, just like, who? Because because uh, Ry quoted that, and then I was you're like, who the hell said that? I go, dude, that was you. <laughs> I told you I don't remember what happened on the podcast. Fifteen minutes after I get off, like I do light skin opinions with Parrish, and like he's like, uh, give me a breakdown of that episode I'm like motherfucker i don't remember what we talked about <laughs> i don't remember what i too. said last sentence I, I i can relate to that what was the square hole thing what was that uh, who that? knows a square yeah. pig and a no pig? wait a round pig and a square hole no, a square whatever combination you want to go with i'm, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> are there square pigs out there in the world Syracuse a round pig can fit six. into a square hole it's just not perfectly that sounds like my dating life oh <laughs> Brian, where's the sound? What sound? What do you mean what sound? Your crappy little joke sound that you always play late. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Coach Tony. Um, all right, so I do want to get a little bit into the heat because they are in the middle of a playoff chase. Um, and this is heat beat. And this is heat beat. So, I mean, we've, we're, we'll go back to the Lakers later. But, uh, I, Justin, I don't know how much heat you've been watching, but Kelly Olynyk is uh, is on fire, and Gorin was for like four games, and Kelly really has buoyed this offense even with Winslow out, um, and it's kind of been amazing to the point that I think he might be the second best Heat player on the team. Olynyk, he's like been outstanding. I, you know what, he's been the one guy out of those contracts that everyone will mock the Heat over. I think Olynyk has almost been the best value, um, unless there's one that I can't remember. Like the no, James he, Johnson. Has no, it's not. Out. It's not even close. Olynyk is the best value. Right, and he's actually worked on his game. I, I know we're we're going to kind of stereotype and be okay. He's the tall white guy. He's not going to play defense, but he does give good effort, and he he's worked on kind of improving his athleticism a little bit, or good at least his mobility. He he's he's a good player. I, I mean, I I'm not a huge fan of him uh, for obvious reasons. I'm <laughs> I'm of the opinion that he might have cost the Cavs a title, um, but he he's a good player, and uh, he helps kind of he fits with their system. Like, especially with Goran and uh, Wade playing better together, 
<laughs> which, which is funny that they're finally doing that this year. Finally. Uh, but with, with them playing a bet, uh, better together, he's a, a natural fit alongside them. And uh, his, his ability to stretch the floor is really big there. I really love what they're doing lately. And, and Alf, you could probably talk to this as well, how when the young guys are in, they're running a lot of dribble handoff. They're running a lot of motion sets and they're playing fast. They're playing slower. And then when Gwade and Goran come in, it's a lot of pick and rolls and running. Like Goran's really, really pushing the pace. Wait, they're playing fast or they're playing slower? They're Which playing faster. Yeah, with, I, I heard both. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, Goran and Dwayne, they're playing faster with the with the kids. They're playing slower, right? So that with yeah, Bam, it's like two different teams, which it's is completely, crazy. and it's awesome to see. And it really it's throwing teams off all the time because even when they close games, you don't know if you're gonna have to prepare for the slow heat or the fast heat, which is like really just, fun when to Justice see. is in there, like. And I, I, there's been a few articles on this, just talking about how justice, justice's patience is out of control. Like it's he, the game has slowed down for him, and he's like, it's not the game, not just the game has slowed down for him. He's slowing the game down for himself. Like everything grinds to a halt, and he sits there and he's so meticulous when he has the ball in his hands, which is why I don't understand sometimes. And they've done it less lately when he was playing when they take the ball out of his hands, and that's why James Johnson became pretty much unplayable with Justice Winslow because Justice on the court doesn't do you any good if uh, James Johnson or Deion Wade is just taking the ball out of his hands. But it's just like you're saying, and I get mad at Spo just like I think a lot of people do when he doesn't want to break up his rotation so much that he'll start people that don't need to be starting. But I understand what he's doing because the way they're working this is working so well right now. Uh, because when Goron comes in, they push, they push, they push, then they slow it down. They push, they slow it down, and it, it, it's like you all, as a Heat fan who watches the team, you almost know the ebbs and flow of the game and how it's going to go. And it's the most consistent. And I know, G, you've been saying that some of this stuff is unsustainable, which it is. Don't get me wrong, but it's the most consistent we've seen the Heat play all year, probably in the last fifteen games. And it's just it's just nice to see them settle into a rotation and they're doing it at the perfect time. And I'm not saying they're going to win a playoff series. But what I am saying is that it's it kind of gives you an idea of what the future looks like. I'm kind of interested in the aspect that kind of what James Johnson has done recently. He's played awesome since coming back into the rotation. Now, obviously, Winslow's been hurt. But now, so Rodney, Rodney looks like he's going to be the guy out even if he comes back healthy. Justice, we know, is going to come back to his starting role. But I'm kind of curious if James Johnson finds minutes when Justice comes back, especially if they match up against Milwaukee in the first round because they're going to want bodies to throw at Giannis. And I guess the Raptors as well when you have guys like Kawhi and Siakam, you know, you're going to want big, strong guys. I, I'm really curious about how that's going to work, and that's kind of why I want Justice back soon so we can figure that out now and not later. I mean, I think Hassan's the odd man out. No, I I mean, he didn't play. Did he play a single minute in the in the fourth quarter yesterday? No. Um, I think with the rotate, I think with James Johnson coming in, playing better, where you can have a power rotation of um, Bam, Kelly Olynyk, and James Johnson, I, I don't know how much sense Hassan makes. There were times when the Heat were getting killed on the, re- on, on the boards, and you're like, man, they should put Hassan out there, but they figured it out. Um yeah, I just I think Hassan's the odd man out when all said and done. Hassan really does help the offense. Like when he's on the floor, their offensive rebound percentage it was at fifty percent a couple weeks ago. I know that it's dropped, but 
their offensive rebound percentage is insane when he's on the court, and that helps guys like Dwayne. It it kind of frees him up a bit, so he can kind of take some more chances, especially on the rim where he's not finishing as well. So it's a it's a give and take. Like, and I think it's going to be super matchup dependent. And I'm kind of curious uh, with Justin, like how he feels about if they match up against Milwaukee, like if them going super super small with like James Johnson at the five. I think you kind of have to. I, either if you're playing Toronto or Milwaukee, I just think Hassan is going to end up being the odd man out because I, if I was you guys, I wouldn't want him on the floor with Brooke Lopez out there. Um, and Toronto doesn't seem at all interested in maximizing Marcus All or running offense through him. Um, so for that reason, I think you just kind of have to go small uh, and hope that you can kind of outpace them uh, kind of wreak havoc and force turnovers and then get out in transition. I, I just think that that's probably your best strategy against those teams. I kind of disagree with you on the Lopez thing. I find him more playable in that series only because I think that his biggest strength is offensive rebounding, and I do think he could take tremendous advantage of them down there. And I know you're, on the other end it's going to be tough, but I yeah, do the, pro- th- the problem is the other end and. The way that um, – and this is – I mean, the way that Milwaukee shoot, shoots threes, I just don't see how you can depend on Hassan to stay with Lopez. And if he's not staying with Lopez, Lopez is going to kill you from three. Like, if we just leave him wide open and Hassan decides that he just wants to sit in the paint, like, it's just it's just not going to work. Now, if they were dropping it into Lopez on the low post and he's beating up Bam, that's one thing, but I, I, they're not going to play that they're way. They're not going to do that. Yeah, so I don't see why I don't see how uh, a, a series against Milwaukee, like I, I feel like Hassan's been flourishing against other backup centers, right? Part, and, part of it, so yeah. And I just feel like in a playoff series, they're just not going to play a backup center that Hassan will match up with, and just keep, and then it, you'll just be forced to keep him on the bench. Mm-hmm. And, and plus, Brooke Lopez, his defensive rebounding has been better this year. It's near his defensive rebounding percentage is near fifteen percent. And while I, th- I think Hassan has the edge there, and he generates some offensive rebounds, I just don't think it would be enough to kind of counteract what you're giving up on the other end. You might be able to play him a few bench minutes, but um, I, I think that's more feasible against Toronto, who hasn't had a great bench this year. Uh, whereas Milwaukee it seems like with the way they stagger things or especially in the playoffs, I think their bench lineups are going to be with Giannis at the five uh, effectively. And and that's just not a situation that you want uh, Hassan out there for. Justin, Who just got hurt recently for the Bucks? Was it Paul Gasol? No, it was. Yeah. Well, Paul, Paul yeah, pa- yeah. Paul's, he's, I don't think he's played a game yet yeah, for them. No, he's, he's, he's not fact been hurt. Uh, Brogdon's got hurt. And, um, and then uh, Miritic got hurt. Yeah, Powell is in the uh, Jawan Howard role right now for the Bucks. <laughs> Brogdon, the Brogdon injury, that's like kind of the one I'm looking at because that one's going to extend into the first round. They're expecting Miritic back in a week or, or, or two. So I imagine that they'll have him for the playoffs. But the, the Brogdon, Brogdon injury is the only one that's really concerning right? if, you're a, if you're a Bucks fan. But they're not going to be scared of Miami. I mean, like that's not no. a matchup that the Heat are going to like because they – it's Dwayne in particular does really bad against long defenders, especially at his age now, and they just don't really have a lot of answers. I, I mean, the one you want is Toronto because Toronto is the one that still doesn't have an identity. They they seem allergic to trying to form one. I don't believe in Nick Nurse as a coach. They still have Kyle Lowry as an important part of that team. And how dare you slander him? They're gonna even, win the East. 
<laughs> that team's even, better than the Bucks. Even if you steal one of those first two games and, and it goes five, uh, you're, you're at least going to have those two days where you're talking to yourself into, well, if we just hold serve at home, if we if we get another one of those games, this can go deep, and then uh, Father Prime, he can step up. I, I think Toronto is the one where you can at least have a couple days of delusion and then go out. Listen, if we if we get a five. six... If we get a six game first round series, I'm on I'm doing pots and pans on on Bird at Bird Road, dude. I'm I'm all I'm <laughs> so out there. I'm that's having a whole little break. That's a drive <laughs> for you. I I'll go down there just like, "Oh, we got the six games." Yeah. <laughs> I, I I kind um, of I don't know three Am I the only one who who still is not 100% sure the Heat are making the playoffs? Yes, I'm pretty sure. This, this I, I think you put them on Tuesday is going to be really big right now. Right now, Orlando's winning. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't help that Orlando keeps winning. Um, well, it doesn't help I, that people keep sitting their damn players against the Magic. It's very annoying. <laughs> yeah, they won four straight. Looks like it might be winning five straight against Philly right now. They're up eighty four seventy seven. Yeah, Ben Simmons isn't playing, and they're they're out here like playing T.J. McConnell heavy minutes. <laughs> like get, get out of here. And the Heat only have a one game lead on them, and they play them tomorrow at home. That's going to well, be a the decision. good news is the Heat are in control of their own destiny right now. And as you guys mentioned, um, their play right now, some of it might be unsustainable, but it doesn't matter whether or not something's sustainable when you have nine games left in the regular season and you're currently playing at the the best pace. Like over the last ten games, it's basically Miami and Philadelphia and Milwaukee. They're all seven and three. You guys are playing the best basketball of anyone in these, and uh, and you, two of those losses were to Milwaukee. Yeah, there you go. All, no, no, all all three of their losses in their last fourteen games. Because I was looking at how many games they've won. All Tor- three of the losses have come against Toronto, and then two against Milwaukee. Well, that's, you, that's, you know who's beat Toronto and Milwaukee recently is my Cavs. I know. <laughs> I we're also, all beaters. I also think the Phoenix Suns have as well. They beat the Warriors and the the Bucks in the span of a week. Yeah, yeah but let's go crazy over. Christmas game between the Lakers and the Warriors. Right, exactly. <laughs> I um I kind of like the Philly matchup more than the Toronto or the um You really want to have Buc- Philly again? Like, I'd rather have Philly over those. I just think Toronto's really after good. After last year? I, I I think it's more fun. I we hate hey, Philly. Hey, hey, you guys were leading after the first half. Dude, we were great in first halves. We killed them. <laughs> We were, all, all you guys need is somebody to pull the fire alarm after the first half and then I'm, you're going Amari. <laughs> um, do you remember game three? Justice was about that action, dude. The first half of game three, he was awesome. He hit a bunch of threes. He was calling Ben Simmons names. I, I love that you're asking whether or not we remember a moment from last year when we've already established that we don't remember what happened five <laughs> minutes ago. I'm like, who's Justice? He hasn't played in like four games. Who's that or? Justin Winslow. Um, I, Must I, be a 10-day. You saw Justin that he got Windows. food poisoning? At Chris Bosh's birthday He party. got food poisoning at Chris Bosh's birthday, dude. What the hell? Fucking LeBron strikes again. <laughs> Yo, I saw that on the Twitter timeline because since the Lakers are out of the playoffs right now, there's no purpose of LeBron playing tomorrow's game. I know LeBron they, have, they have a game tomorrow, but do you think LeBron would at all be at the arena tomorrow? He wouldn't. He's not cool you, enough. He no, you can't, you, cannot, you can't do that. You You can't do that. But he didn't miss a Heat game to go to Ogaskis's jersey retirement. You can't do that. He should. No, if they, they they want to tank. No, should. LeBron should be on the bench for his teammates. Like to be honest, like well, they're all going to be will, gone in the summer anyway. 
I know he doesn't even fucking like him. He doesn't know half of those white guys. He has no idea who they are. <laughs> what like was the every- video? I think the ringer put it out when he's celebrating like the passing Jordan. There's like some random white guy on the floor, and he's like, "Hi, my name is Sean," or whatever the hell the guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think know. that was Caruso. He probably thinks that's the uh, the Cru- Caruso from CSI. <laughs> He's like, who let a fan on the court? Yeah. Not even a 1% I mean, it's LA. Anything can happen. You, you never know. So not even a 1% chance he'll be at the... At no, the no, I, I, no. It'd be cool if he was, but there's just no what way. If, what if Pat Raleigh, like, paid for it, all-inclusive? It doesn't... It, it, it's it's the, just, the, first of all, the, He the caught optics, Magic Johnson on film. Magic, we really need LeBron to beat her tomorrow. His, uh, the optics are called. terrible... The optics of the Lakers are terrible right now. If LeBron skips out on a Laker game to so go funny. watch Chris, Bar- like honestly, it would be the biggest fucking scandal on SportsCenter ever. He he should just do like a little video, like, "Hey, Chris, I was over here be, thinking about cool. you while I'm missing like the playoffs." That. No, you you guys you guys already know what's going to happen. He's going to put up like 28 points in a loss. And then he's going to have the Instagram post ready oh, to go, man. only talking about Chris Bosh. Like we've seen this many times. It's it's obvious. That's no, exactly Justin, what's. It's I have say, I have no words. I have no words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have no words. Followed by ten thousand paragraph essay. Yeah, sheesh. Expository. Do you think he knows like how ridiculous he can't know right? He like how corny he is. Mm, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if he knows how corny he comes across. When did like, LeBron it's stop somewhat, being cool? It's, some, it's somewhat endearing. Like he's gone full corny dad over the last few years. And, and like that's fine with me, but it's just so tone deaf at times that I, I could see why it would drive Lakers fans crazy. Honestly, I I think it's very disingenuous. Like his whole his whole crafted persona is just really disingenuous to me sometimes. And then sometimes like his real personality comes out on the shop or whatever that show is that what it's called. Dude, the shop? the shop is so fake. All he does is fake laugh at all these people. No, but sometimes like when he says some like just inflammatory shit, like I, I used to not, I used to hate white people. Like, oh, do, shit. Do you guys, what? Huh? Do you guys think he's like a Dennis Reynolds level sociopath and he's just <laughs> trying to show whatever emotions he thinks no. is most appropriate for the moment? That's clearly Rondo. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's like, I'm in a barbershop full of black people. Let me say some outlandish shit <laughs> that I don't believe. Like, I used to hate white people. Hey, guys, you like me now? I like them more after that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't either, LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down, Brian. What'd you say? <laughs> I don't know what the rules are, Ethan. Oh, my God. That's so great. I say I hate white people four times at least on every episode of Light Skin Opinions. So it's a good podcast. Check out Light Skin. Alpha, how do they subscribe to Light Skin Opinions? I don't know. Same way you subscribe to this shit. I have no I'm idea. giving you a damn avenue to plug your podcast. Don't be an asshole. Go on Just... fucking iTunes. I don't it's on. Di- if you can find Heat Beat, you can find Light Skin Opinions. If you can't, you're just asshole and you're racist. <laughs> are you out of Are you out of uh, Taco Bell Sprite and vodka? Yes, fucking empty. I need a refill. I got to tape light skin opinions after this. I'm all <laughs> out of fucking takes. Hello, friends. This is Josh Appel from Smart Your Territory. And I'm Mr. Bill 11. And we are officially on the road to WrestleMania. It is point at the WrestleMania sign season, Bill. If, if you need to get to WrestleMania, we can be your Uber drivers on the road to WrestleMania. I mean, what? You ruined it. You, you ruined it. I, I like it. I think we can make some money doing that. WrestleMania season is here. Stick with us here on Smart Your Territory, the Five Reasons Sports Network's Pro Wrestling Podcast.